episode of Sessions with Mary Jane. I am here, uh, Jordan Freed, uh, recently fried as of the last uh, 15 minutes ago. And we are here with a very special musical guest. Uh, give it up for Alvine. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, he was instrumental in uh, the... Late Night Hump, LNH Studios music video object work, and he has illustrious music outside of that. But if you listen to that and you were like, whoa, what was going on here? Why is this amazing? Uh, he had a lot to do with that. Um, Thank you. So Thank welcome you. on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really appreciate that. I've been excited about this for a long time and uh, we're finally here. So let's go. Cool. So uh, if you've never heard Sessions with Mary Jane, we always give people a challenge just to keep them on their toes when they're a little stony baloney. Uh, so <laughs> today we're just going to have you in the background. Uh, you're just going to name uh, audio effects. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like whatever you uh, think of them, you can just name them. It's not too pressure filled. Like sometimes people boycott it. Sometimes people get 152, but that, that was very rare. I'll give a few. Something simple. So, uh, where, where did you uh, grow up? So, I was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I moved throughout New Jersey, North Jersey for a little bit. Nothing crazy. Uh, Newark, Elizabeth, Irvington. Um, but mainly the Newark area, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, pretty... I wouldn't say it's pretty big, but it's pretty populated. Um, and, I mean... I just ended up here. How else do I say? Um, my father's from Nigeria. My mom's from North Carolina. So it's, pre it's a pretty random, you know, <laughs> plot. But uh, it's a great place, I'll say. And I used to say this when I was younger. I always have property here because we go through the least natural disasters. I think that that I, I won't I won't quote it as a fact, but I've noticed that I'll say that most. So, yeah, um, that's a funny random fact, but whatever. No, I think that's very important. We're a very New Jersey-based podcast, and I think existential dread has gone through a lot of people's minds. So <laughs> come to Jersey for a little less. You know what I'm it's, not, it's not the va best vacation place, but you know, a, a nice getaway, I suppose, quote-unquote. Um, but yeah, man, I really think Newark is a special place. Um, I could talk about the riots. I could talk about people who've grown up here and who are uh, um, vital in music and have had their own influence in their own time. But you know... I, other than that, like Jersey is also industrial and right next to New York. So we're talking like baby New York. New York kind of suns us a lot, but what can we do? Uh, it's a special place too. But yeah, Jersey. Oh yeah. So how did you get started in music? Um, I've always loved music since I was a kid, like since as early as I can remember. Um, see, when I was young, my dad was into music too, like, but he's from Nigeria. So his music is like different. Like, he liked ABBA, Bob Marley. My dad liked DMX randomly. Um, like he had a few of his stuff, a few of his albums. So like I grew up listening to different music, and then of course African traditional music. It's like I can't even begin to explain how different that type of music is from what I listen to every day now. Um, even even Afrobeats music is just completely like traditional. You know what I mean? So I grew up listening to a, a, a wild palette, and then. It's just, uh, I don't know, I'm naturally attracted to it. Like, I've always been in tune um, in terms of listening, singing, 
Um, I've always liked beats. I've always liked classical, Japanese traditional. So it's like not just, <clears throat> excuse me, not just hip hop R&B that I'm attracted to. That's what I do. You know what I mean? That's what I produce. But in terms of the music that I like and what influences me, I have so many influences from different directions. And that's the main reason why I fell in love with it. Like it's, a, it's such a vast world. Um, and everybody loves music. Everybody can understand it, even if they don't particularly, uh, you know, like a specific genre or type. You know, they might still understand that something is sad or something is happy. So, yeah. When did you first, like, realize that people were doing, like, an act? Like, that, that the music in the world was, like, created for, like... This is like a fake thing. And yeah. Like it's a larger than life thing. Um, yeah, like sometimes I go in and out on that because it depends on the artist, like, and, and why they create the music and, and, and what they create the music for. And even then our interpretation of that too. Um, it's, it's like, how do I, how do I answer that? That's so, <laughs> that's a hard question. No, it like came to me in the moment and I was like, I've never asked a musician this. <laughs> um, it's like, I understand that music is a universal language, but that in itself is still just something that we create to entertain ourselves, you know? Yeah. So like, it does have a language, it can influence, and it's something that we can use for communication, but it still is a tool at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I guess when you look at it like that, it can be put that way. But uh, it, it just depends on how you view it, I suppose. Wow. Yeah. Uh, did your parents play any musical instruments? Um, my no, honestly, I, not that I can recall. Maybe when my father was younger, but I don't know too much about it. Uh, not my mom, I'm sure. Although my mom enjoys singing, and on my mother's side of the family, I would say my dad's too but not as much as my mom. She's like Southern type of a gospel type of music. So they're singing in the family on her side, no question. Um, and music, people who make music on that side of the family too, but that's more recent now. Um, and I'm not including myself. That's like her side of the family. Whereas my dad is like more traditional church-based, like a uh, Catholic type of music, like, um, how do I say, hymns, uh, uh, that type of music. And... He can carry a note, so I hear him sing, and he likes music a lot. I think he really, really loves music. Uh, Michael Jackson was a big one for him, too, and Michael is like, I don't even get me started. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, they, they both were into music, but instruments, no. I probably definitely was the first, let's say, did recorder, but, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't really count. I don't think that counts. No. Do you think there's any uh, universal quality of all good music? If you could dance to it, simple. Oh, wow. If you could dance to it, yeah. Uh, everybody can dance. Everybody likes to move to some... Well, some people tell you that they don't. I've met a few people, but <laughs> if some something can make somebody move, yeah. Are you a dancer as well? Yeah, 100%. Not like a... I'm not like professional or taught. Like, I've taken ballet before. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> uh, no, um, but, but I enjoy dancing. I enjoy moving my body to the music naturally like just flailing if even you know what i mean i, I actually enjoy that it's it's fun oh wow yeah, yeah hell yeah uh were you always a natural or did you have to teach yourself like with music with dancing um oh shit like was there an embarrassing phase that you were like i don't want to dance yeah hell yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah and even still sometimes like i'm not a natural i would 
it's weird because I'm naturally athletic, but I'm not a natural dancer, but I like to dance. It's, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would say yeah, yeah. When you uh, decided to start uh, getting into like the process of making music mm-hmm. and uh, all of that, how did you decide what direction you wanted to go? Like, how did you know what was your style of music? Naturally, hip hop and R and B it was attractive to me, and it was more R and B R and B that got me to love music because of the different instrumentation. Like '90s music is the golden era, and we talk about rap and we talk about R and B. And '80s too was just magnificent. So the combination of of instruments made me fall in love with the instrumentation. Um, with rap. I just like the genius of being able to put words together with different flows. I think it's amazing. And I credit every single rapper because they're all different. You know, they all approach it differently. Um, I would say, uh, I'm sorry, you said my approach to putting together music. Like, when did I start? Yeah, like, how did you decide that uh, hip-hop and R&B was the direction you wanted to go? Um, Just naturally, I was attracted to it. It was what I heard the most. Um... I mean, that's the community that I grew up in. I did hear the type of music that my dad listened to, and it kind of put a twist on my love for music, but that was what I heard the most. So it was like, oh, I love this. Um, It's amazing, yeah, yeah. And then me going towards it is just also natural. I hear it the most, I want to replicate that, and then I want to try and be good at it and create my own version of it if possible. Yeah. Who were some of the rappers who, like, spoke to you growing up? Like, specifically what they were saying was what you were... Gotcha. Um, I liked the flash. I've always been more attracted to the East Coast rap because I was over here, and they're all <laughs> they're more flashy. You know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't say I'm not flashy. Um, I don't try to do the most, you know. But <laughs> I'm attracted to that Jay Z, uh, you know, nice car talk. Uh, not so much jewelry, but like what you have, what you own, what you can do, um, who you're with. That type of stuff that was always attracted to me when I was younger. But then as I started getting older into my teens, I started learning about rappers like Immortal Technique. Um, let me see. Who else? Uh, uh, who, I'm, I'm blanking out right now. Uh, related to Jay-Z. I'm blanking. It, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, Nas is another one that I listened to a lot when I was younger. Um Africa Bombada is like really really old but that was one that caught my ear like the techno sound and rap that was very early though uh very very early in hip-hop um who else can I think about um if I could talk about now like influences like Drake maybe it, that was when I was in my teens I really liked the way that he put music together but then put his feelings into music more so than talking about like fighting or violence or you know so much of the braggadocious talk it's more like let me talk to you about life and things that i'm going through or things you might be going through and then i fell in love with his music and that that like he took off of course he's still who he is now yeah um um, yeah that was like my biggest influence probably i could keep going on and on i swear (laughs) about that though maybe we'll get back to that yeah 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 in the future of the interview i'm looking into my crystal ball i feel like that's not the last rapper we'll talk about (laughs) i was gonna say uh who are some of the people that you started hanging around with in jersey that like really got you uh inspired okay got you making music so first it was my older brother um he goes by official modge 
um, or went by official Maj. And his music, well, Maj Flamel now, um, his music and his influence in terms of what I learned about music and rap was huge for me because that was very early. That was like 13, 14, 15, 16 ish. And like, that's vital for every little kid if they're going to do music. Like that era is like, holy shit, what are you listening to? Are you listening to Eminem? Are you listening to Dr. Dre, 50 Cent? Do you like gangster rap? Do you like creative rap? Do you like abstract rap? Do you like braggadocious rap? Like I talked about earlier, Biggie Smalls maybe, you know what I mean? So um, I learned a lot about many different palettes with him. And then right after I started making music with him, um... Out of high school, I joined a group called AMG Music. That was what they originally called themselves when I joined. Um, and it was very early, but we ended up uh, changing the name to the Rebel Clan. Okay. And that was the name that we went by for a while and ended up getting some, gaining some traction and getting popular in Jersey. Um, yeah, and that was huge because not only... I wouldn't say that they... Uh, Excuse me. I wouldn't say that they influenced so much as they gave an outlet for me to create music. You know what I mean? Because I had already had all the influences and the ideas and I've been writing music for so long. I've been writing lyrics for years already. I've, I've been writing lyrics for a long, long time to like, I think the first song I ever wrote lyrics to was Run This Town by um, uh, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Kanye. Like I wrote over the beat because I couldn't find any instrumentals. You know what I mean? So I had been writing for a while. And with them, it's like, okay, now I get to express what I can do and show. And um, I started killing shit, honestly. My first song that I released was with my brother and an artist that he knew. That was the first rap verse I ever put out. And once I put that out, people in my school were like, oh, like, yeah, okay. You're, you're doing something nice. You're good enough to at least catch my attention. Keep going. And then with the Rebel Clan... I started releasing more sentimental music. Like I said, I, that's more of my preference, the R&B slash hip hop type of feel. And I started releasing music like that and rap and people started catching the vibe, you know? So I was like, you know, this is something that I definitely like doing. It was more about the attention at the time though. You know what I'm saying? And I think that a lot of people can get hooked on that. So I gained some maturity with the Rebel Clan too. We all matured a little bit together and had some great experiences. Um, and ended up separating at a time, of course, like I'm a solo artist now, but like that was the biggest. What were some of the like events mm -hmm. and like moments okay. from that era? Let me see. I mean, you, you have like your performances around the city nice. or in uh, around like North East Orange. That was where we were based, East Orange. Nice. Um, you have stuff around the city. What were some of the popping venues? Uh, let me <clears> see. <throat> uh, can I think of, uh, there's, there's one downtown, I think it's called the Cage or something like that. Um, I might be wrong about the name, but that was one thing that we popped out at a few, uh, popular artists, but that's more like, um, I don't, I don't like more like hood vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like hood rap, like I wouldn't say really grungy day, but they'll get, they'll get down if they need to. That's the type of venue that that was. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest venue that we've ever been to was the South by Southwest performance. Of course, like we went out to Texas. I got lucky because we had spring break for college. I'm like, perfect. Because I didn't want to miss school, of course. Um, me being the, the the only one in school at the time. We all, well, two of us started off in school, but then one dropped, of course. But yeah, like I didn't want to miss. I got lucky with spring break week, and we went out there and we had a few performances for like uh, 
Ambrosia, um, what else? My Mixtapes is another one that we performed for. And it was just like a, a great learning experience, I would say. We got humbled for sure. Um, we weren't prepared in terms of performance. I'm just being honest. Like, that's this is what goes on. I was. This is like, what, years ago, so I can be open about it now oh, yeah, and recognize. Sure. So we just weren't prepared for the performance. And I think that that humbled us, but then let us know, like, okay, there's a lot more work to be done if we want to do this. Uh, and it taught me, like, a lot about the group as a whole and myself and what music industry was versus just music, right? So then it's like, okay, we have to we have to take a different approach to this. Or maybe I have to take a different approach to this. I started thinking more about, like, what was going on in my life and how I could approach music differently because what I saw was different from what I wanted to create, I suppose. Um, yeah, and... That South by Southwest trip was like the greatest trip that I've probably ever been on besides like going to visit my family in Africa. I don't know. Like, it was huge, bro. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. one of the legit festivals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. It was definitely, <laughs> that's a big deal. Like, that shit was huge. Um, it was in Texas that year. It was crazy. There was a shootout. Oh, uh, it was like a freaking crazy, like, I would say a stampede of people just rushing in one way we were a part of that it was like i got stories for it for that shit was yeah bro it's crazy bro yeah uh what did you want to focus on when you went to your solo uh career now Um, shifted into that i would say uh, how do i say this like making sure that i'm authentic in what it is that i put out and what i create because when i was when i was phasing out of the rebel clan group i was starting to put out music again for attention or to just get clicks views and stuff like that and that was the influence of the group i felt um no disrespect to them like it is it is what it is at the time but i realized that and i'm like you know if i'm going to put out music i want to put out music that sounds like me not like what an artist sounds like now so I can get attention. Because it's not about the attention, it's about the creation. I already know I'm talented and creative enough to create something good, but what quality am I gonna deliver to the people? And that's what mattered to me the most. And how am I gonna represent myself? Because I can put out something to make the group grow or I can put out something to help myself grow as an artist and as a person possibly. Um, and that's just the way I see it. Like I don't, I don't separate my artistry from my life. And I think that it's very important to do that. And if you look at your art as um, as a part of your life, it becomes more than a product. It becomes more than something that you just sell. It makes it more important. It is still a product, I understand that, but then you put more energy into it, more, uh, more discretion into it, I would say. Yeah. Better, better discretion into it. There we go. There we go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What would you say are like the prime New Jersey values as somebody who's kind of bopped around New Jersey your whole life? You grit. Um, we are from New. We are New Jersey, and that's all. That's who we are. You know, we don't. We're not New York. We're not Pennsylvania. We're not trying to be like them. We represent our creativity, and it looks different in everybody. It doesn't look like one thing coming from New Jersey because New Jersey is very diverse versatile and powerful um like i said it's industrial it's right next to new york and new york is one of the havens for music but so is new jersey i can name artists from here too 
Erica Badu, Queen Latifah. I can name a few. You get what I'm saying? That are really, oh, yeah, really old, sure. vital artists that still play a vital part beyond music today because of their influence and what they did early. We're talking movies. We're talking... I, I could name music videos, of course, too, but so many things. Conversations, podcasts, uh, uh, speeches. Like You know what I mean? So uh, this New Jersey is a powerful place, and we generate some great artists that are very influential because... I think that New Jersey it shows you a lot too, just like New York does. Um, I mean, it's hard not to compare the two. You know what I'm saying? New York is way bigger, of course. I'm talking about a certain section of New York too, like the boroughs. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, New Jersey is just original. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just original. So, so is everybody else. But we have a style that I don't think can be replicated by anybody else, even New York. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah. we did beat them on the weed front. Hey, you know what we I'm saying? We were the first to legalize weed. Which is good because they're going to they're gonna follow. They're going to they're gonna follow. I have a very strong feeling that that's going to follow up, but we'll see. What was the first uh, legal moment you had of mm-hmm. weed? Legal moment? Um... <laughs> We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, <laughs> so, I had to ask him a new question because we talked about other shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, my first legal moment wasn't any different from my illegal. Forgive me. Uh, I I rolled up in the whip and I went on a ride and I was like, finally. <laughs> and I just, I mean, even that is not. I'm not supposed to do that technically, so I just told it myself. But um, still, like, it, it felt better knowing that I'm smoking in. I'm not going to get arrested for having or possessing like, cool. All right, let me go back home and watch Netflix or something. You know what I mean? Just, it was a, it was a cool chill moment and I'm still, I appreciate it more than what the moment showed basically. Cause I'm so used to smoking. How did the, uh, the weed life choose you? How did you yeah, baby, decide that that was for let's, you? Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking go. Great story. So, uh, <laughs> It was always it was always in me, bro. Um, ever since I heard Wiz cushion orange juice, I was like, I need to try that shit. I know, I, I know that that's for me. It's been, it's, <laughs> it's all. I swear, like that's always what it's been. I've heard of so many other drugs. I just told you earlier, I don't really care for drinking like that. Like, but when I heard about weed, and I'm like, like I'm imagining what it does. I'm like, it makes you laugh. It makes you hungry. It like kind of dazes you. And I'm like, I'll fuck with that. Let's see. And yeah, I've never turned back. Um, I think my first experience ever, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> my first experience ever, um, I was at prom, right? So I went to prom by myself. I won prom king. I, had, I was supposed to have a date. Wow. <laughs> I, did, I was supposed to have a date, didn't have a date. I came by myself, won prom king. I was surprised, whatever. We had an after party. We went to a hotel. So some people went to a bigger hotel, which probably would have been smarter. Probably wouldn't have had the cops come to the hotel if that was the case. And some of us went to the smaller one. So I went to the smaller one, more intimate setting, you know. And they had weed and they had liquor for the first time uh, uh, that I had ever been around anybody from high school. So I'm like, all right, whatever. We're going we gonna to do this. So I took a few shots and then I smoked a little bit. And I remember... I was hanging out with a friend of mine. His name is Nas. Shout out Nas. Uh, we were in a hallway and we were talking to each other. They, like crossfaded, basically. Yeah. 
Schmidt, not Schmidt, it's wavy. There we go. We was wavy. <laughs> so we was in a hall talking by the, by the little vending machines. And uh, I don't know what you put the quarter in. And I don't remember what that's called. Uh, but we saw a girl down the hall. I'm not going to say a name. But she came out the door and she's an emotional drunk. So she was crying. And she was like belligerently crying. So me and Nas are dying laughing like it's uncontrollable because we're crossfaded yeah. we're wavy you know because we wavy we can't control the fact that like we shouldn't be laughing but we laughing this shit is hilarious so then she looks at us and she asks us are you laughing at me and literally starts chasing us down the hotel hallway bro down the hotel hallway and me and him are laughing dying laughing running down the hallway and I lie to you not my first this is my first time ever being high and I was drunk at the same time the hallway was extending as I was running it was so I'm like running dying laughing looking at an extending hallway and I'm just like bro what the fuck is going on but I wasn't like out of it it wasn't like a crazy experience it was a hilarious best high drunk I've ever had in my life and I was like what 18 it was amazing bro that was the first time um and it had been a while again after that the second time which really locked it in for me I had a roommate um Momo and he smoked a lot so I smoked with him sometimes in his room and one time he brought a bong and that was it (laughs) that was it that was it once I once because I had smoked blunts and papers before once I hit the bong that was it that was it yeah. So. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. I ate like a whole pie of Domino's. I must you you see me. I'm a small. I ate a whole pie. I was like, yeah. I'm I slept, woke up, had no class the next day. I was like, yeah, this is the one. This is it. And since then, on uh, on and off sometimes, uh, little breaks here and there. But yeah, and then I cut out blunts. Uh, I don't really do bowls anymore, bongs here and there, but mainly cones, papers. Nice. As 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 we as we did earlier, of course. Yeah, man. Uh, what was your uh, college experience like? Uh, I talk about this with, with my peeps from uh, NGIT a lot now. Like, uh, it was cool in the beginning when I did EOP, like my freshman year, I say my sophomore year. Once I got locked into music, though, oh, yeah. I started going outside of school a lot because the guys were outside of school. So... It's like I wasn't as involved as I probably wish I would have been. Um, and certain things I, I was. Like, I had friendships, but maybe I could have been more involved in college. Other than that, though, like, with the parties, with some of the stuff that I did go to, I thought it was great. I thought it was going to be shitty because NGIT seemed like a small college at the time. It was just mainly math and technology-based. But I had a blast. Like, it actually was fun. Um, I spent five, six years. I switched majors from chemical engineering to theater arts and technology um, and took an extra year and a half, uh, took a semester off because of, of the whole music thing, trying to give that a shot. And that was during the whole South by Southwest thing too. So like one of our spring semesters. Um, yeah, dude, I, I would say like, it was, a, it was a crazy ass experience because I almost didn't finish because of the music thing um, in vain at that. So I'm glad that I remained focused and finished. And now I like, I still hang out with the peeps. You know what I mean? So it's all like circle back around. I get to come back and make memories still. And I think that that's valuable to me. You know what I mean? I wish I had more back then, but college was, college was still, it could have been more lit. I didn't get nobody pregnant. So yeah. (laughs) You feel me? Yeah. 
Yeah, what what drew you to like chemistry and science? I love it even now still. It's just interesting physics too. Um, the, the idea of how things, the science of how things move, how things exist, like everything around us is a chemical combination, chemical reaction of some sort. Even even crazier, everything around us is a thought. You know what I mean? Like somebody thought of this, this, and then they made that shit. And that's like a bunch of chemicals and shit. So it, it's just when you break down life like that, or when you look like look at life like that, or when you leave, when you read some shit like uh, The Alchemist, or when you learn about alchemy in general and like how elements and shit can change, quote unquote, I don't think this is like a real thing, but the science or the fake science of alchemy is like um, just interesting shit. But I, when I was younger, I either wanted to be an archaeologist or like a mad scientist with the crazy hair and a lab jacket. Like I told my mom, like that was it. They bought me chemistry sets and all of that shit when I was a kid. So like, it's just interesting. Um, it's life at the end of the day. So it's good to know, I think. Uh, better better to understand. Good to know, better to understand. Is there anything you're getting into specifically right now? In terms of science? Or just like look at it. Yeah, do you like get curious about documentaries or shit or like research shit right now mainly space stuff um i mean i can't even begin to like now i feel like all of the shows and like the the general conversation is around the multiverse for some reason uh so it's been coming up a lot more within like the past five years half decades a decade and i'm like okay uh i i see you know i guess that this it may be a real thing, possibly. If you ask me, I think it makes 100% sense. Um, but to, to explain it, I would have to go into vast, deep <laughs> conversation. And I don't think that this is, is the right place for that. Um, but space is just like this super abyss of unknowns. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> we, we are just like a speck compared to everything else when you really think about it. And I'm like, what is this really? You know what I mean? When you think about space, what is all of this? How are we floating? Blah, blah, blah. It's like constants and different things that we will never get answers to, unfortunately. But that's the most interesting thing. I think it's spread into that now. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, outside of science, what are some like arts that excite you and influence you? Like outside mm -hmm. of music and science? Well, we talked about dance. Like I think... Um, hip-hop dance. Uh, I saw a lot of church um, and gospel dancing when I when I grew up, so that was an influence as well. Um, but mainly hip-hop, certain movies that I saw, I would say. Um, I, I learned a little bit about classical when I was younger, so, I mean, dances like that, um, I would say like the waltz is probably the one that I can remember that is like really stuck in my head, like I actually know how to do. Uh, what else? I, dance is really a big one. Uh, if we could talk about paintings, um, I think that the, my, my favorite artist, wow, I don't even really, because you have paintings and you have pictures and I'm more like digital, like everybody else is now. I can't really put my thumb or my finger on a specific artist. Like, I really like, um, the water paintings of Van Gogh. I really, really love those. Like I have, uh, I think it's a starry night. Um, I'm not, I can't recall if that's the name. Forgive me, I'm high as well. So like, I'm like, in, oh, yeah, in so, spa yeah. I'm <laughs> spacious right now, but I really enjoy like Van Gogh's paintings because 
I don't, again, we talked about interpretation of art earlier. Like the way you see it is the way you see it, but just, it's like a dreary, gloomy, droopy look. But at the same time, it's very pretty because of the colors. It's dark at the same time. It's my kind of art. Like I'm, like I said, I'm like R&B, sentimental, hip hop-ish. So when you get into like the dark feeling type stuff, I, I can roam in that realm too very much. And I like that type of art. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Um, what would you say is your favorite place to escape to? My car. Nice. Um, just a drive. And that's whether I like one or not. Um, some It depends on what I throw on. Sometimes I might drive with no music. A lot of times I drive with music. I might listen to something that just came out um, to hear it on the speakers. I might listen to something I just made to see how it sounds, try to mix it a little bit better. Uh, I might listen to like frequencies or something like that, just to like d- different types of vibes or whatever, lo-fi. But the drive in the car is like an escape. Um, I feel like it's the one place where if you go in there by yourself, you can isolate yourself and just think. And I really enjoy driving as well, too, like just in general. So um, it's like the perfect place for me. Yeah. Nice. What's the uh, movie that more people need to know about? Um, Ex Machina. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's a, one of my favorites. I like that movie a lot. That movie pulled my, my brain the entire time. It pulled at my brain strings the entire time. And I was trying to just figure out, like, who's on whose side and what is going to be the outcome of this AI. You know, like, it, it, it's a simple movie if you're not really into, like, sci-fi. But even then, it's just multiple perspectives clashing and trying to see who's going to dominate out of the three when, one is in a, when two of them are an experiment. Uh, and one of them is supposed to be a constant, I suppose. It kind of it kind of switches around a little bit, you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> I, like that, I like that movie a whole lot. Is there anything else, another one that I can think of? That's the num- that's my number one. I always say that when people ask me because that's my that's one of my actual favorite movies. Um, I haven't seen Scent of a Woman in a long time, but that was a good one for me when I was younger. I watched that a lot with my father. Um, I believe is that Robert De Niro uh, or Al Pacino Al Pacino um, I can't recall at the moment but Sense of a Woman is one that's popping up in my head nice. uh, I'll leave I'll leave it at those two I feel like yeah those those mainly are you a show guy do you watch TV shows um, I'm a sports guy if oh it's, a sports I, guy yeah, alright yeah, yeah, yeah. what sports do you watch <laughs> mainly basketball dude I watch soccer sometimes with my pops because that's his traditional sport but basketball is like my beloved. Like I played it. I played in high school. I played in college. Not before college, but I played a lot in college, like um, intramural AAU uh, through high school. So basketball is my baby, like forever and ever. What are you uh, most anticipating about this NBA season? <laughs> Can I give you a list of things? Yeah, for sure. LeBron James surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in scoring record. Um, because he's going to become the number one while still playing. And that is going to be ceremonious, quite literally. Um, Let me see. The Brooklyn Nets, that's my squad. Uh, I wish they were still in New Jersey, but (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. I was watching their, uh, their, uh, their day one media day today. 
uh, or practice media to uh, media training day. Sorry. And um, I watched Kyrie speak. I didn't watch Kevin yet. I watched Ben speak recently on um, on JJ Reddick's podcast. Oh, wow. So it's like I'm into I'm in tune with like their mentalities, what they're thinking. And I'm very, very excited to see those three guys come together because Ben Simmons is heavily slept on. Heavily slept on. And Kyrie Irving was being a bitch last season. Uh, <laughs> and I say that with all love because... So much love. I know, I, and I know it sounds crazy. I say it with so much love because I truly, truly love Kyrie. I used to have posters of him on my wall, and I think he's an amazing influence. But I'm just calling him a bitch because that's some Jersey shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we have Kevin, of course who is arguably the number one player in the league, although LeBron's still in the league. Kevin is a savage of a man. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see that big three together. Ben is going to have a huge influence on them offensively and defensively. So Brooklyn Nets, I would say, seeing if Steph Curry can repeat, because um, that's like, he's amazing. Four, number four, uh, Zion Williamson returning to the New Orleans Pelicans. Hell yeah. That's number four for me. Um, they're my, very, they're my second team. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to see how I'm very excited to see how Zion performs this year. He's lost a lot of weight, slimmed back up, and he's a powerhouse of a basketball player. And he's very underrated as well, much more skilled than people think. Still he so is. young, very young, 22. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying with a 200 million dollar contract, and he's essentially a six foot six, 270 pound point guard. That's how I feel. That can dunk and maybe not shoot as well, but he's a savage of a man as well. And then number five for me, my top five, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, the Nigerian, uh, the, the the prince that returns home, the king that returns home from overseas. That's what his last name means. Um, I'm very excited to see him perform this year for the Bucks and see what he can do as well. That's my top five, man. All right. I'm about it. I'm about it. I like the prophecies for the Nets. Hell for yeah. Sure. yeah, we need that. I think it's possible. What, what don't you think uh, Americans understand about the real football? The real football, hmm. it is, you can lose your life over it as a player. Um, it's very serious. Uh, I don't think, I don't know what goes on in sports here. I know that we have conspiracies and I know that we have people who do illegal things in terms of money, but in terms of football worldwide, People have lost their lives over scores. So that's a much more serious thing than people understand. It's a huge, huge, it's like uh, it's like the Coliseum back in the day almost. But it's literally worldwide. We all bring everybody together and we go to war, quote unquote, to see who's the best. Um, people bet and it gets really aggressive sometimes. So uh, y'all bless everybody, of course. You know what I mean? But football is a serious, serious sport. And it's also the second most, no, I, I argue between basketball and football. Maybe I'm biased towards basketball because I play it more. But I think that between basketball and soccer, they're the one and two most technical and difficult sports to play. Mm. You have to use your feet, literally. You can't use anything else. You can use your chest. You can't use your hands. The things that you use every day to touch and grab and move things. You just walk with these. But to have to kick and be cool. Uh, uh, foot eye coordination because hand eye coordination is I think it's more simple it's, yeah. it's closer to your eyes you're, you're looking at them they're in your view whereas this you gotta look down you gotta catch you gotta be able to not crash into somebody it's, it's just pacing uh, endurance is another thing the technicalities of tricks 
being able to shift your body certain ways, the wear and tear it has on your body and your knees too. Uh, between those two sports, they're they're like the most technical and um, you need the most endurance and they probably have a lot of cost on your body um, without necessarily being the most banging physical sport. And then we can talk about football all day. Um, not that I'm a big fan of football, but in terms of like, the the belligerent combativeness uh, that's like at a scale of one thousand on a scale on the scale of one to ten it's on a one thousand yeah oh yeah for sure did you play football I did when I was younger um, I got more attracted to basketball because it's just something about the the sound of a the basketball going through the net nothing but net that's way more attractive um, and it's safer yeah. yeah I'm not afraid to say that. Basketball is a way safer sport. <laughs> if you don't want to, if you don't want to get hurt too bad or have injuries, crazy, crazy injuries, play basketball. You will get injured if you play professional. It's inevitable, no matter what sport you do. But basketball is a little, a lot more friendly to your body. And now that you're legally high, have you legally placed sports bets? Yes, one hundred percent. And have I legally won any sports bets? Legally, no. <laughs> not one. I have not won one. I've split parlay. I've done everything. I haven't won any. My brother has won a lot, and I don't know how. I don't. Whatever. I don't even get into that conversation. I've lost a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you are somebody who works in computers. Do you worry about AI? Ah, oh, shit. Um, yes. Uh, because, okay, let's be real. Information is available at its largest capacity today. And artificial intelligence will be able to access information no matter what we do, if it's digital. So... As soon as we create something like that and we create uh, and I create and we connect it to the real world, let's say real time information and things around the world connected to real time servers that exist to have information and it can connect and it can bounce from server to server because you can ping from IP to IP. If I can do it, a fucking AI can do it. You know what I mean? With no issues, probably. They can figure it out. I actually heard a story about, uh, I think it's in China, they were building an AI. I don't I don't remember exactly what type of machinery it was, but um it killed eighteen to twenty people. Oh wow. How? Yeah, I don't I, I think don't, it was a robot. I believe it was a robot, like a military AI, and it killed eighteen to twenty people, and then they shut down it was three of them killed eighteen to twenty people, excuse me. And they shut down two of the three and when they were trying to shut down the third one, it had uploaded itself to a satellite to try and figure out how to rebuild itself better. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so, and I heard this story a week and a half ago. And when I heard this, I was like, whoa. I already heard Elon talk about AI and how it's actually very dangerous, much more dangerous than we could ever anticipate. Because we can't fathom how much information there is out here. As in my brain, maybe my phone can connect to it all, but I can't connect to it all with this brain here. And even if and even if I could connect to it all, I can't retain it all. But an AI can do that. And even if it can't retain it all, it can still get to it within a matter of seconds, milliseconds, nanoseconds, picoseconds. I don't know even how fast you want to go. So it's just it's scary. It's a scary thought when you really, really think about it. And uh, it might be a threat to us. Um, it may be. 
I don't know. Hopefully it won't get hopefully, back hopefully, in our lifetime. <laughs> hopefully, right? Hopefully. They're making straws, but I hope it won't be something that is like used to try and be lazy. Someone's letting you uh, ban a piece of tech, like banning books. What piece of tech are you banning for the good of society? <laughs> oh, shit. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> banning. Holy fuck. Oh my gosh, that is, um, I use so much. I can't get rid of anything essential. Like we use computers, we use phones, which is a computer. Uh, we watch the TV. Uh, we need cars. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, one one piece of technology. See that this might be like some crazy wild ass answer that just might never work. But I would say <laughs> if we could get rid of all like nuclear plants and convert to solar energy purely, because we we could definitely power a lot of things with solar energy, according to uh, research that I've done and things that I've also heard listening to Elon talk about his technology um, and the potential of his technology. It's just like, okay, if we, if we could get rid of things that are potentially dangerous to us and then use something else that is a natural source to convert and have natural energy, that would be like the number one thing, I think. People are doing it now in their houses, and they have been for, I would say, again, the last decade. Uh, but, yeah, that that's definitely my answer. Nice. And we're about to uh, wrap up this uh, interview here, but yeah. uh, what is like a message you'd like to uh, leave the uh, listeners with? my opportunity uh i would say stay true to yourself and staying true to yourself is it has a lot more to do with what life means to you than what others think it should mean for you stay true to you do what you think is best for you you already know the answer um if you don't know the answer, you can find the answer within yourself. It's possible. Whatever it is that you want to do is possible. That's the best message I can give. I like that message. Uh, where can people find you? Where should they be looking for you uh, musically? Awesome. So uh, my Instagram is Alvine. That's A-L-V-I-N-E underscore. Um, you can find all music stuff related there soundcloud.com slash alvine underscore rkr um that's my soundcloud you can go check me out there um i will be dropping music soon you guys don't have to worry about that you guys will be getting announcements for that too trust so tune into the ig tune into the soundcloud um shout out late night hunt Yo, I appreciate you yes, so sir. much coming on, yes, Alvin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Alvin, this was very good to have you yes, on course, here. Of course. Um, and if you guys are looking for uh, a comedy show coming up uh, Thursday night, uh, I'm going to be at City Lounge in Lyndhurst, New Jersey on the Knockout Comedy Show. Uh, that's September 29th, I think, if uh, my calendar is working right. Uh, so check that out and uh, support local artists and check out LNH Studio. 
videos on all of your platforms. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Rena and Brendan will probably be back soon. Don't worry, I didn't kidnap and kill all of them. They're coming back. Bye, y'all. <laughs>